Hi, hi, hi. This is Vernita. I am the founder of Breaking the Silence on Domestic Violence. I have some awesome leaders with me. Um, to, we are spreading awareness on domestic violence and spiritual abuse. Um, we come to you tonight from my table, their tables to spread awareness and to highlight topics that people do not want to talk about. So I'm going to have each one of them to give you a short intro, and then we're going to get right into our in interview. Miss um, Cortisha, can you introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Minister Cortisha Skinner. I'm so happy to be here with you guys tonight. Just a little bit about myself. I am a um, career counselor at Pitt Community College. Been doing that for a couple of months now, but I have 16 years of experience with Pitt County Schools. I am a divorced mother of two, <laughs> so this would be interesting talking about Christians and divorce. Really interested into that part of the conversation, and I'm just super excited. And I love God, and I've been saved pretty much all of my life. So I love God, and I'm so so excited to be participating in this this discussion with you today. I hope that we say something or do something that helps um, someone today. So so happy to be here. All right, Barnita. Hi 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 hey. I am Barnita Bynum, co-pastor of True Fellowship Church. Um, as Corshisha said, I am also a divorced mother of two but I have since remarried after my divorce. And there's gonna be some very interesting stuff come out tonight that people really don't look at and they don't think about um, when you think about Christian women and Christian men and divorce and stuff like that. Um, I've been saved now for over 25 years. Um, Ex-crack addict, don't take it back. Um, I did it, God delivered me and I'm happy, I'm satisfied, I'm saved. I'm married and I'm living a good life. Amen. Yeah. All right, Miss Redman, Miss Trisha. Hello, everyone. My name is um, Trisha Redman. I am a nurse by profession. I am an ordained elder. I am happily married to one man, the great Reverend Rob Redman. Um, I am also the founder of Beauty for Ashes Transformational Ministries. There will be more to come in 2021 with that. And I am excited and you know very enthused about this topic on tonight and pray that someone gets something out of something that's said tonight that will help them all right and thank you to our viewers who are tuning in all over i'm going to give the ladies just a few seconds if they want to share to their pages they can so if we have viewers out you can um you can comment all your comments we will try to get to them um Hold on, guys. Apostle is trying to get in. Okay. So, um, so if you guys want to go ahead and share to your pages, but if we have our viewers who want to send um, comments or who want to ask questions, all you have to do is drop, drop it in the comments. And so we're going to get right into this. Um, as much as you know, domestic violence is my, my passion. I am a survivor. So, you know, I don't want anyone to go through anything that I've been through. So if I could spread awareness, educate and prevention is very important to me. So, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask, um, uh, Ms. Tricia, if she would, um, give us a definition of what domestic violence is to her. 
Um, domestic violence to me has started to mean so many things down through the years. I know as when I was young, I just thought about domestic violence as a man beating a woman. But as down through the years have come, I have learned that that is, is so much more than that. I think domestic violence involves anytime anybody has any power over someone else, whether it's intimidation, physical, um, verbal, financial abuse. It can be a woman can be an abusing a man. Um, a man or woman can be abusing a child. Um, elderly, it's to me, it's when someone else possesses some power over another individual, whether it's, there's so many different realms to it. So um, domestic violence has a lot of realms to it. Exactly. And, and so I'm glad that you pointed it out. Um, it is what an intimate, um, domestic violence is with an intimate partner. And um, there are so many different forms of abuse. Tonight, we're going to focus on the spiritual abuse. But, you know, just so people understand that when you're dealing with abuse, you're not just dealing with someone who's physically, you know, um, hitting you, um, sexually um, assaulting you. But then you have emotional, you have psychological, you have spiritual, you know, um, it's seven different forms. So um, don't ever think that... Um, just because he's not hitting you or she's not hitting you, that um, that you're not in some form of abuse. There's a problem. There's a problem. Are you? Um, sexually, assaulting you. I'm going to ask the apostle to give us a slight um, intro of who he is. So, um, don't ever think that... Um, Someone has their... Um, not hitting you that um that you're not in some form of abuse. Are you? I'm gonna ask the to give on their page. If you can stop it so we can get into it. Okay, it's apostles. So, apostle, if you can turn, um, I think you shared it. So, if you can turn that off, and then I'm gonna unmute you, so you can introduce yourself to the people. You got it? She was sharing it, guys, so <clears throat> give it just one second. But we're going to go um <laughs> We're going to go into um just a little bit more. So I know so I sent you ladies some of the questions, you know, um for this interview. So let's jump right into it. Um spiritual abuse do anyone want to tackle what spiritual abuse is? I mean, I saw spiritual abuse as when leaders use their power, use their um, influence um, to control members by manipulating scripture, by protecting certain members' clergy. Um, so this 
by protecting um, certain members of clergy. Uh, and, you know, members tend to be very vulnerable, especially new members in the church tend to be very vulnerable when it comes to their leaders. And so they look to their leaders for protection, for guidance, for a wisdom. And sometimes um, leaders abuse that power uh, by manipulating their members with the beast. That's what I saw spiritual abuse as. I would love to know what everybody else thought. Bernita. Amen, amen. She pretty much summed it up because mm -hmm. most of the time someone that's in power um, and when you're a leader and people look to you, they expect um, for the things that you tell them to be the truth, they expect for you to lead them in the right way. Mm -hmm. Sometimes leaders have um, other motives. And, mm -hmm. you know, as a leader with family in the church, we have to be very particular, um, like she said, about protecting those. I have no respect for person. Right is right and wrong is wrong. My mm -hmm. child, your child, it doesn't matter. Um, and Bernita, you know, I say that all the time. I, I don't mm -hmm. sugarcoat who my children are. They are who they are, and that does not affect my calling. But mm -hmm. you have some that will, you know, just because that's their child or that's their mom or their brother or their sister, they'll kind of sugarcoat or cover. Um, but when it's other people, they will use their power to manipulate and make them feel as though they're not doing what they're supposed to do, but in all actuality, it really falls the other way. Another way that I've seen um, spiritual abuse is, as I was sharing with you guys earlier, you cannot um, expect during this pandemic, and I, and I have to use this as an example, during this pandemic, and I won't call names for the sake of just not calling names because that's not what we're here for. Um, you know, to demand that your people are in church um, without mask every Sunday, regardless as to how many people are supposed to be there, you're using your spiritual power over them mm -hmm. and to have people calling to find out why aren't you here, this, that, the other. Um, to me, it's almost like a cult because you want people there mm -hmm. regardless. Um, you don't know whether they're sick. You don't know if they've been sick. You don't know if you're going to get sick. Um, and you just have disregard for anything the governor has said, and you use your power to overpower them to make them feel as though they should be in the house and not obey the laws of the land. The Bible does not just oh. apply. We want it to apply. It applies all the time. And the Bible declares to obey those who have rule over you. Mm -hmm. And in this instance, we even shut down. Mm -hmm. We didn't say, oh, we're small. We can still go. No. We shut down. We went outside because we had to obey the laws of the land. And we could have said, but the people that we pastor would have said no, flat out. Mm -hmm. And that pretty much would have been that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Pastor, I understand, but they have to be comfortable, comfortable enough to say. But some people aren't comfortable enough to go to their pastor and say, look, um, I don't think that we should be doing this. Mm -hmm. And this this lets me know that, you know, they have a stronghold over their congregation mm -hmm. because nothing that they say or do is wrong. And I'm not going to say that we're perfect because we're not. And we will accept criticism. Mm -hmm. Just do it that way. We're not, right. you know, we don't dictate. We we fellowship. We 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 pastor the people. Um, and, and, and there's a difference. 
yeah, we have the power to say or to do, but we don't have to exhort our power over the people if you have a clear understanding of where everybody stands. Exactly. So I want to go and I'm glad that we're 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 getting where we are. So we're going to dig into a little different. Um, So you most of you are leaders, you know, people come to you and 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 myself, I am a minister. So I do have people who contact me other than besides, you know, when it's dealing directly with domestic violence. So um, and there have been situations that I've been called. Um, we're going to try to add a possible in again um, where, where I have been called and, you know, people are dealing with abuse. Um, and what, what I do love about my pastor is he's not so above and beyond. He can't say, um, well, you know, if somebody calls him that's dealing with abuse, he'll say, I'm going to, you know, include my minister in this because she has the resources that can help you. You know, he's not so above himself where you know um well i'm gonna try to figure this out you know nobody you know no so um i'm gonna get um co-pastor and apostle to answer this so you have someone to come to you they're being abused um and of course they don't want everybody to know but they trust their leaders enough to come to you and say hey i got things going on at home you know, I'm being abused. Um, and I will say this, abuse is not always um, visible. A lot of abuse is not visible. You know? so, so what do you say to that young, woman or that young man that comes to you and say, listen, I need to talk. I'm being abused. You know, um, this is going on. I come here. I come here for my safety. You know, what do you say to them? Um, and I will say that it's what what I would say to them, because like you stated earlier, everyone who comes is not a Christian. And so mm-hmm. some people don't know how to pray. Um, you know, I would try to find out what what is the 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 root of the problem that's going on. Um, and of course you always offer prayer. Mm-hmm. Um but you know, you you have to find out what's really going on. Why is this happening? Um, what is I won't say the cause of it, but you want to know um, how was it triggered? What what happens? Um, how long has this been going on? What is it that you want to do? What do you need for me to do for you? Because I'm not in the situation. I can't tell someone to just stay there. I can't tell someone to leave. Um, but what do you want to do? And whatever you want to do, I'm going to try to help you in any way that I can. And of course, we're going to pray. Um, but in the meantime, what do you want to do? What What can I do to help you feel safe um, and not have to return to wherever you, you, you're going back to or whatever you're going back to? Because sometimes people just need an outlet. Um, they just need a few days. They just need time to get themselves together. Um, you know, you can't always say, well, just pray about it, baby, and it's going to be okay. Um, we know that God is a God who answers prayer. Right. And, you know, but what if they're not a prayer person? What if they just don't pray? What if they just need some help? What if they caught in a spot where they're just, you know, they, they just come in off the street and they need help? 
I can't go back. I'm, I'm running for my life. So, you know, just, just saying, well, pray about it, baby, is not always the answer. We got to right. get to the root and see what can I do to help you to make you feel safe. That that okay. would be the first step that I so, would Okay, now I'm going to take this a little deeper. And Tricia, I want you to chime in on this. So, and then I'm going to come back to you, um, um, co-pastor. And the reason being because you have children in the church, okay? So, um, <laughs> Trish, so say for instance, um, a young lady come to you um, and we just going to say her boyfriend is the musician, okay? He's the musician. He's over everything. And um, this is Pastor son. You know, we're we going to put it out there because this is stuff that really happens, okay? Um, she come to you. She feel comfortable enough to come to you. And she tell you, she said, um, she pulls you to the side and say, hey, um, I need to, you're the only one that I trust. You know, I need to talk to you. Well, last night, such and such, you know, he beat me. Um, and nobody's going to believe me. Um, because you know, that's pastor's son and I don't want to embarrass the church. What do you say to her? You're still on mute, Tricia. I think it's free. You're on mute. Y'all know things happen. This is what happens when we go live. <laughs> okay, let me let her know. Um, Co-pastor. Yes. Can you answer? Okay. <laughs> because I got children in the church. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, because... first and foremost, you have to be very tactful in okay. even how you conversate because you got to think about this person's safety. And the fact that she reached out to you, huh? You're going hear me? in and out. We can now. Can y'all hear me? We can now. Can, can y'all hear me? start over? Yeah. Oh, I'm on mute. Oh, <laughs> you well, how did that happen? I don't know. <laughs> But can, can you, you hear me now? So our viewers, mm -hmm, so our viewers can hear you. Because we can, can hear everything. Yes. Yes. Can y'all hear me? Mm -hmm. Yes. Can you hear us? Hold on, guys. I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry, y'all. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I have three laptops that don't know how to work. Neither one of them to get in it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <That's> fine. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna go to um, we're gonna go to um, Barnita. So, um, and Apostle, be thinking about this. We have a young lady who comes to you. And I'm going to rephrase this just a little bit because of um, you all being the leaders of, you know, in leadership position with your church. So you have a young lady that comes to you. She pulls you to the side and she say to you, um, you know, I trust you. So I'm coming to you. Um, the musician is her boyfriend. Um, that could possibly be your family and he's beating me. Um, I don't feel safe going back home. What advice do you give her? What do you do to help her? Or do you just say that's my family? So you know, I'm not gonna believe it because he don't he I never seen him act that way. Well, first of all, um, let me just introduce myself. Okay. From New Birth Life Ministry. Sorry, I y'all, I, I I couldn't get in. But um, everyone, thank y'all for inviting me in. Um, first of all, um, being in leadership um, is very important. I I I like the way that um, Co-Pastor Barnita was speaking on um, being in leadership and and um, helping the people guiding them the right way. First of all, favoritism of family and being the leadership, you can't do that in the ministry. We got so many, it's a lot of people don't like to deal with family and churches because when you get a whole family in the church, it can be a mess um, as far as, you know, um, saying favoritism this or favoritism that, but you got to take that out of the equation. And you got to look at the needs of the people. Um, even though the family member came and um, I mean, someone came and said it was my family member. Baby, I can't look at that. I got to look at the needs of the person that came for the help and um, pulling that family member to the side and telling them the right thing. Uh, it might hurt, but, you know, got to tell them the right thing. Uh, because you can hurt um, the person that came in that was vulnerable and needed the help. Um, so you can't you can't have room for, for favoritism or looking at it being a family member. You got to be led by God and do the right thing. Um, so that because you're not looking at it as family, you're looking at it as an individual that's calling and need help. So you got to start, you know, getting some help um, to that person. And if you got to call that family member, to, I don't care about them getting mad. You got to help the person that is in need because um, Jesus left one, left them all just to follow one, to help that one. So we got to be Christ-like. We got to help that one person. Um, family member, favoritism with family member, you, you can't. So um, you would deal with that individual and you would just go to that family member and tell them. Or either you could call a meeting with them and have them to come in and to see what the issue or the root of the problem is and deal with it. That's right. All right, Vernita. Um, to piggyback off of what she said, 
favoritism is never um should never be in the church and as you stated i do have family in the church and you know when you yeah. say malicious this that the other i said she's trying to be funny <laughs> but i do understand the scenario is what it is and you know like she said um first of all because i i am a woman um no man should be hitting a woman and vice versa my right. dad always said keep your hands to yourself if you woman enough to give a lick um you might want to be woman enough to take it back but i don't want to be hit so i keep my hands to myself um right. and, and that's what i try to um instill in my children keep your hands to yourself when you're in a relationship <laughs> because you know stuff happens but in the instance if it was in the church oh we would have to call a meeting um, right and 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 the person would not if they didn't want to go back home they wouldn't have to go back home but we will have to call a meeting we will have to call a meeting as soon as pastor got out the pulpit because ain't no going home and taking this with you and you're gonna go home and catch that again now we're gonna go ahead and try to deal with this and see what the problem is see if if separation is needed and if separation is needed we're gonna try to get some help and get sister boom boom somewhere where she can feel safe um and i know sometimes it's not that cut and dry because right, right, some people right. are just really mean me um mm -hmm. so is you will have to handle it with um with um with care but at the same time you can't blemish the church because when i went to get help and they wouldn't help me because that right. was the musician and that was the son or that was right. the nephew or that was the brother or stuff mm -hmm. like that no no that's not that's not what the church is for um like she said jesus went and got the one and left the 99 um mm -hmm. you're not gonna leave without us at least um trying to see what's go what's going on um and and it may be a situation where she doesn't want you to say anything in that particular setting so you may have to pick and choose your time to say something about it, but because it was brought to you, you cannot ignore right. it. Regardless of right. So it's not right. something that can be ignored. Um, you never ignore when a person is crying out for help because mm -hmm. you right. know that, that that cry is going to be the last cry. So you, you have to use your discernment and pray within yourself. God, how do I handle this? How do I right. handle this and handle it now? so that it comes to a stop right you know so you can't just ignore it and you know like, um it okay but just speaking on that um co-pastor barney and um yeah because you know just if you you got to get to the root of that because you never know how many other people that have went through that in the ministry in the church with the same um musician or whoever it is that's causing it and once you um bring that bring light to that you realize that maybe this been going on or it, he have affected or hurted other people, people. and mm -hmm. um so it is uh you need to have a meeting like you said immediately because that one hurt can damage um a lot of people in the ministry or mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people can be already damaged from that one hurt and so by uh calling it out or or speaking on it talking about it you realize that a lot of more may have been hurt by the same person um whether it's family member or not and yeah. um and you know and sometimes when you start to get into you realize it, even 
it comes out of the church and it could be happening. This same person could be doing it in in the home. You could be doing it with other family members. And so dealing with it, go ahead on and deal with it. You know, you you're probably helping a lot of people because I'm okay, sure that so family member didn't just do it to them. He's done it to right many folks. It don't never start just with that one. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that mess is already in. And I want to, if I, if I may, just pick back a little bit on what both of you guys are saying. I think it's uh, the, the important things that we are picking out in this conversation are the spiritual aspects to this conversation. We got to pray. We got to discern. We got to understand that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So immediately we got to understand the spirit that we're dealing with. So we can have all the meetings we want. If the pastor's son is the, the super duper musician that he is, and he go in that meeting with me, who's accusing him of this heinous thing, and he say, I didn't do that. I don't know what she's talking about. I ain't do that. Then another part of spiritual abuse that I have seen in the church is victim shaming. The victim yeah. says he's doing this. He says, no, I'm not. Right? So now he's here to go and tell the keyboard player, the guitar player. And now spiritual abuse happens in gossip in the church. Now, I'm the one that's being attacked now. Because we have this dynamic musician, dynamic preacher, dynamic pastor. Right? I come forth. I can I got to prove it somehow. And then when I don't, I'm the one that's shunned from church. So what do we do? I've seen it happen. Yeah, I've seen it happen firsthand. And so one of the the viewers said, do you sit them down or do you allow them to continue to play? Uh, Mr. Dennis said sit them down. (laughs) Yeah. And they would have to sit down. They will have to sit down until we find this, you know, get to the root, because Mm -hmm. I don't believe that, you know, if you're in a relationship and you come to church and you're doing this or the other, that someone's just going to come in and flat out tell a lot. And this goes as to knowing your child, because you have to know those who labor amongst you. And um, you you have to know them. And as Pastor... um, Apostle said, um, stuff don't just happen. It didn't just happen the first time. And somewhere down the line, you discern something about this person. Mm-hmm. And especially if they're family, you're going to feel something anyway. You're going to know something anyway. So you can't ignore the signs because somewhere down the line, you've seen a sign. You've seen a sign that this could be true. This could be happening. This person could be an abuser. You just and have to put in your mind how many times have you seen them blow up off of nothing? Mm-hmm. How many times have you seen them act unseemly? How many times have you seen them just kind of look and come in church and I'm going to sit over here and she's going to sit over there? And it's not like a gracious sit. It's an attitude. The body, mm-hmm. the body, the posture of the body, the body gestures that they come in with on Sundays. You can look amongst your congregation and tell what's going on. I know when every one of our members come in and they're not right. I can look at their face and tell I'll be like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. then, let's go and fix this before praise and worship even start. Let me go and start praying. That's an important thing that you have to, you can't be blind to it. 
you have to see and you have to be discerning mm -hmm. as to what's yeah. coming in the congregation, what's coming in through the doors. And you can feel the vibes if you're in tune with him and your discernment is on tap, on mm -hmm. spot, because, you know, folks just ain't going to lie. No, folks don't need that needed attention. Nobody wants anybody to know that they're getting beat up. Right. And, and then, so, you know, we talked about other forms of abuse, you know, um, we did just dig out the physical abuse. So um, a lot of times people don't come forth because of the victim shaming, as um, Minister Skinner was saying. And so, you know, um, and, and let, let's be real, it will be hard to come to your pastor if it's his son, his nephew or some, something like that, because you're afraid, are they going to believe me? You know what I mean? But as you all said, um, a lot of times the, the signs are there. And I can say this as a survivor and as a woman who has been through um, domestic violence, a lot of times we feel that we can fix him or he can fix me you know that, that I, I see the potential everybody's putting them down this that, and the other well he goes to church but let's just be real everybody that goes to church ain't saved everybody that go to jail ain't a criminal so we have to be real with it um um, Mr. Hannah said abusers are good at manipulation and gossip is a tool they use to shame the victim. Yeah. And it is, you know, that don't just happen in the church. You know, it happens all around. But as leaders, you know, in the church, we have to um, we have to have almost like an open door policy where, you know, they could feel comfortable to come talk to you. Um, that they can see, you know, as Apostle said, they can see, you know, the Christ like in us, you know, that have made them comfortable to come talk to. It's not easy to talk to anybody about being abused. That's one of the hardest things. And, you know, um, I don't know. I think I was telling you ladies about I went to a. Um, awareness and you know the pastor was saying well you should have just prayed about it let me put this out here for any pastor who has never been through domestic violence baby when he would hear me outside head i was praying lord just let me make it through you know i can i can smile about it now but when i lost my child you know through domestic violence i questioned god like, you know, how, how can you fail me? You know, um, why did you allow this to happen to me? Um, you know, I don't understand. You know, I go to church and, and let me let me put this out because people don't understand. <laughs> At that time, I will go to church, but I was not saved. I was going. I was a bench warmer. I kept the bench warm. I went because I felt like I need, you know, I knew I needed Christ. I was raised in the church. Mm -hmm. I knew that's where my help came from. I knew who would, you know, be there for me. I knew who would take care of me. But when things happen, we feel that God failed us. And then if you go to a minister or you go to a leader or you go to your pastor and they beat you with scripture, well, if you was in church, if you was doing this, if you was, listen, 
I don't want to hear that at that moment. And I'm, I'm just keeping this real, you know? Um, so as leaders, we got to stop beating people. Like some, some, some leaders beat them with the word. Sometimes that's not what they need. They need a listening ear so then they can receive the word. You know, a lot of times, you know, and I've seen it, you guys seen it too. You know, we all have social media. Everybody is a preacher overnight. They don't need any, you know, they, they, they let's just be real. They come into church today and they are minister them all. And then they pastor in next week. So um, how do they lead their flock when they're hurting? We can, we, we preach, you know, the goodness of Christ. Um, you know, we, we preach, but is the church truly a safety net if I'm going through abuse? Y'all can elaborate. I think it comes with training. Um, some people feel as though once they're called, that's it. But the call to preach is one thing. To pastor the people is another. And you have to have a lot of training to deal with the different things that's going to come in the church. You may have some that come in that are abused. You may have some drug addicts. You may have some that are uh, sexual, addicted to sex. There are different things and different people that are going to come in the church. And, and I think that if you don't have the, the proper training in it, you won't be able to help them. And the only thing that you will be able to offer is the scripture. But there is more to what's going on in the world. And I know that and I'm not taking anything away from the Bible. So let's not get it twisted. I'm not saying that there isn't a cure for everything in the Bible. But you have to know how to deal with the people to get them to accept the Bible, like you said, because they're broken and they're hurt. And if mm -hmm. you haven't been trained properly to um, or have any kind of training dealing with this, you 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 really can't effectively help the person mm -hmm. uh, and i don't have a problem calling anybody that i feel like has some training in something uh more than me i i, I have what i have and i do have a degree in, in psychology and christian counseling i do have it but to say that i get down in the trenches like you do no ma'am Vanita, i need some help i have no problem with that um because you're hands-on with it i know what i read in the books I can go back to it and find it. I can go back to it and say what it said. I know how to do what the book taught me. But to say hands-on, I do not. So you have to have proper training. Or all I can say, well, look, let's read Psalms 27. Or let's read this. And they looking at me like, is that all you got to offer me? Yeah. But I have to have more. Because the mm -hmm. way that society is set up now, um, my pastor always told me, you got to stay on the cutting edge of learning. You have mm -hmm. to learn how to deal with people. You mm -hmm. have to have more than just a call um, because people are going to come in and something that they have, you, you just got to be trained in to deal with it. That's, that's how I feel. I don't know what you guys think. Tricia? Yeah. Um, also going on along with the training, you know, when, even if you have church where pastors, some of the leaders have been training, people don't want to talk about these things in church. That's one 
one of the biggest things. Nobody wants to talk about some of these real life issues in church. They want to go preach your happy, send you home. But we need to be talking about real life situations in the church. Talk to the women, you know, encourage them. You are who God says you are. Sometimes if we look at things, Things in a different perspective and start trying to tackle some other things, maybe they won't accept some of those things. Maybe they'll have more strength. They just don't want to talk about abuse and molestation and sexual abuse and, and incest. Churches don't want to talk about it at all. And I think if churches start being more real and start talking about some practical things as well as spiritual things or practical things happen, maybe that would nip some of this in the bud before it even gets to that point. It starts with our youth as well. When they're dating, mm-hmm. our, our, our teenagers, what to accept when you're dating, what not to accept when you're dating. It, it, it starts way, way beyond, you know, adulthood. You know, I think that would help a lot when it comes to accepting abuse, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it, there, there's a lot of different aspects in this. And what um, Pastor Bonham was saying, you know, it's, if you're not trained in it, you seek out, you know, others that are trained in it. But we just need to talk, talk more, start with our youth. Mm-hmm. When it talks about dating, you know, if somebody raises a voice at you, you know, it starts a lot of times, it starts well be, yeah. beyond our adult ages. That's right. And I want to piggyback off you know, Trisha, so, you know, so. when, um, you know, thinking and, about uh, you, and we have to be careful too, you know, we, you say when someone comes to you, you, are they really ready to leave the situation? You know, sometimes mm-hmm. people will come to you and confide in you about, about things and, and tell you things. Well, are they at the point, you know, you talk to them. What What is making you stay? Why do you think this is happening? You know, are you ready to leave? You know, you could talk to somebody and send them back home and they could get killed. You know, there, mm-hmm. there's so many aspects to that. So I'm going to piggyback off two things that she said. One, when we are talking about teen dating, um, I don't know if everybody is aware, but in February it's called Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month. We shouldn't even be having to have an awareness month for teen dating violence. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we it, it shouldn't even be, you know, it, it don't even go together. That's number one. So, again, if we are training our youth, you know, about healthy relationships, um, <clears throat> what toxic relationships look like, what healthy relationships look like. You know, and we also have to remember everybody is not coming from the same type of home. So, um, you know, the love that they may get may be only at school. You know what I mean? Like that teacher showing them the unconditional love and then they go home and they're not getting that. Um, A lot of times, you know, as a teen, you mimic what you see at home. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if mom getting her head beat out and you know, or, or, or dad is strung out or something like that. A lot of times they mimic that, you know, or what he provides. We never been without, you know, mama drive a, a LS 400, da, 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 you know, 
you know, that they're stuck on the material things. They're not looking at what's healthy and what's not healthy. So that's one. And then two, you know, again, as the church, we got to be willing to talk about, you know, just just dig deep and talk. Um, <clears throat> preaching somebody happy and sending them home and they going home living in abuse is not helping them at the end of the day. You know, you're going to preach me happy. I'm going to be good for a few seconds. But then mm -hmm. as soon as I get in the car, you know, my mind is everywhere. Have I helped them? No. So, you know, and that's why it's important that we have these panels. Um, and I'm, I'm going to be honest, getting getting the leaders of the churches to be willing to sit and talk virtually at a round table was the hardest that I've ever had. And I'm going to be honest, a lot of times some leaders don't want to talk about it. And I commend you guys for coming forth, you know, taking the time out of your night, taking the time away from your congregation, you're studying. But a lot of times when they don't want to come forth is because they're abusers themselves. Mm -hmm. Well, we don't want to deal with transparency. I feel like a lot of times if, if, if leaders were more transparent to their congregation or to people they counsel, even in these counseling sessions that you have, particularly with married couples who are struggling, a lot of times these leaders are not being transparent and saying, hey, I, I, we kind of went through that too. And this is how we got over it because then it's showing you their flaws and it's showing you that, you know, even, I mean, you're, you're my leader, but you did that too. So, I mean, but I think that it benefits more than it helps because it shows uh, you, you, we overcoming them by the word of our testimony. And it's, and it's a, it's part of your testimony of how you got over that. And a lot of times, we just don't, I don't think we honor transparency enough, particularly in the church. And I think that it, it certainly would, would help more. And I think a lot of times with the issue that we're dealing with specifically with domestic violence, it's gonna go up hand in hand, like what Trisha was talking about. We really had these types of conversation about what true submission means in Ephesians. And I know we're gonna to get to that part of this conversation, mm -hmm. but I feel like the, the, the preached word of what submission means as a wife, as a woman, as not say whatever you wanna call it, has been misconstrued so much that people believe that when we talk about wives and, 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 or, or such, or women being in submission to men or to their husbands, that that means that you're allowed, that you have to, you're forced to stay in a destructive relationship. Now, I think there's a difference in a disappointing relationship where we're gonna go to counselor, we're gonna go to Pastor Bottom, we've got all these degrees in counseling and all this stuff, and we're gonna try to work that out because we're having some disappointments in some areas and then having a destructive relationship. When I'm coming and I'm telling Apostle and I'm telling Pastor Bound, he is beating my tail every day. And if you're going to advise me, strengthen your faith, teacher. Pray for him more. You got to suffer. Christ suffered. 
I think that's a heartless God to say that to us, to tell us it's okay to stay in this destructive behavior. Now, am I a fan or component of divorce? Let me get this straight. Absolutely not. That is not what Minister Peter is saying. I don't think you should run that inside of trouble. I don't, I don't, if you can savage your relationship and savage it, but you can savage it over there at your sister's house while y'all working it out. You don't, and I'm speaking this by permission, like Paul did. I don't believe you have to stay and go through a near-death experience like one of my girlfriends did. Because the pastor told her that as a woman, you are to submit to your husband and you are to take that. And you're gonna pray until God transform it. And to attack her faith, I think that's spiritual abuse. Because what you're saying is I'm not praying enough as a wife. I'm not strengthening my husband enough. I'm not praying enough, I'm not fasting. I'm not like all that responsibility somehow Although I'm the victim, has fallen on me. And then you're attacking my faith. That's spiritual abuse. And that's manipulation. Mm -hmm. That's not God. And that is not scripture. And, and I don't know who keeps interpreting it that way. But I just don't believe that that's God's plan. Do I believe in transformation? Absolutely. I don't believe we wrestle against flesh and blood. I believe we wrestle against spirits. Principalities and high places. If, if you're, especially when we're talking about two Christians here. Right? Who are supposedly equally yoked and they're going through this mm -hmm. right i believe that it's a spirit that is attacking one of you and and and, and as spiritual beings there is a way that god has taught us to attack spiritual to do spiritual warfare right but he he, he even told his disciples hey you're going to be persecuted for my name's sake and matthew i need y'all to flee to the other city did he say it am i in the book I'm in the book. Do I need to get the scripture? Okay, it's Matthew. He said, flee to the other city, right? Because you're going to be persecuted for my name's sake. It's okay. I, it's okay to, for us to provide some sense of safety. That's all I have. Y'all go ahead. I get too passionate about this. I've had friends who went through okay. it. I had a friend who lose her life. So I want to hear from the other ladies. Possible so let me, let me say this. <clears throat> And I've been there. And, and so, um, and, and this is why this is kind of touchy, touchy for me. But um, I have an issue. And, and, and Pastor Bynum will tell you, you know, I'll call her now. But I have an issue with someone saying, and, and I agree, um, Tisha. Listen, if we, we think that this is workable, let me go to my mama. Let me go to my daddy's house and you, you go wherever. Mm -hmm. But the issue that I have is so many tell you in counseling, you have to be submissive mm -hmm. to that man. You know, and they stay stuck on that. And I remember that from my first marriage. All I, you know, so I, I just wanted to mimic what my parents had what my sister and her husband had. You know, it was like the perfect marriage. And so a lot of times, you know, I was like, okay, it's gonna get better. Statistics say it takes seven times before you leave your abuser. Statistics also say that those that go through abuse are from single family, um, single family homes. Statistics lied. I was from a two parent home never seen it in my home 
but I went through it. Now, my my ex-husband, on the other hand, seen it in his home. I didn't know what it was, you know, whatever. But, you know, I remember going through counseling and it was like, you know, um, submit, you know, if he wants sex, you give it to him. You know, whatever he wanted, you know, that's how I remembered it. You know, I was young, so I'm like, okay, I got to do this. You know, I got to do this. I got to do that. And when I went to a pastor, you know, I was told to be submissive. But I'm going to tell you, you know, I don't know if you guys seen in the questions that I sent you guys. One thing I learned about this whole thing is, and especially with dealing with the church, you can't believe what everybody say. You got to study that word for yourself and you got to read. Because if he had kept going in Ephesians, it also say that, you know, that your husband should love you the way that Christ loved the church. I don't think Christ is saying no, no woman head up. I mean, Apostle, I'm going to yes. let you in. Yes. Um, you know, <laughs> but nowhere in the Bible that I read that Jesus turned some tables, but he won't be nobody head in. He right. won't take it up on here. But I'm going to let y'all elaborate. I'm going to be quiet. <laughs> Apostle, you want muted. You're muted. Can you unmute it, Brennan? There you go, Apostle. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, first of all, um, uh, you know, I am really enjoying you guys, uh, you know, on the different things that you're saying. Um, I can't say that I've been abused or anything. I've been married for um, 27 years. And um, so I, have, I haven't been in an abusive marriage or um, had to deal with anything dealing with abuse. Um, my mother wasn't abused, so I never seen um, any of anything you know like that in my family. I'm, I mean, so um, <laughs> to hear so many people talk about you know being abused and being hurt because abuse is not just uh physical it's mentally and mm -hmm. um I, I i can't say that um i've been physically abused but I, I look at how uh being in the church um i i let me talk on being spiritually abused when i first came into being a young christian in church and my pastor that i was under at that time spiritually abused me um and sexually tried to assault me when i was only about 19 just starting out and so um i started out very young um as a young girl going to church about probably 19 and the first pastor that i had um came at me sexually um all i knew it was pastor all i knew he was the leader he all i knew um that this person was a man of god and it it brings back i, I know i haven't been abused by my husband or abused by nobody else but this brings back so much hurt from when i was young and my pastor because this is the person that's supposed to protect me that's supposed to have 
um, looked out for me being saved. I just got saved. Um, just learning church. We were um, brought up in Kingdom Hall. So I didn't have a church background at that time. I just knew about um, the Kingdom Hall and um, coming into church and my pastor um, at that time making advances at me and telling me um, I can grow in ministry if I do this or if I, um, you know, do different things with him. And um, I was just talking about this with my husband and it literally brought me to tears because I can understand people in ministry because sometimes the only person you know is your pastor or your leader, you know, they like mm -hmm. a father or a mother figure to you. And um, the Bible speaks on love. If you read through the whole Bible, all Jesus wanted was a relationship with his people. He just wanted to love his people. And I didn't um, understand when my that, the pastor that I was attending church for the first time was making all these different advances and telling me um, I can advance to be a Sunday school teacher if I do this. I can advance to do this um, if I, you know, do these different things. And believe it or not, when I first started church, my husband was um, in prison. And so all I knew was the pastor. And he used my husband being in prison or in jail to say, you know, he's gone. You know, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to do these different things. And so I was so confused and messed up spiritually um, because all I knew was that leaders was supposed to take care of me. He supposed to keep me in prayer. And um, I used that all that. I think that God was taking me through all that um, for the now, for the now. And um, I still get a little shaky about that because um, mm. that was just the first time of me being starting church, starting to know God like I should and uh, being um, spiritually abused, because I'm going to call it that. Um, um, at a young age, I understand that part um, on another level. I know people talk about spiritual abuse um, with other things, but he used that to manipulate me at a young age to, um, you know, try to get me to advance in the kingdom. But my God led me. I stayed there. I stayed there a long time. Um, and some abusers, some people, victims don't know how to get out because... Mm -hmm. The authority, um, you thinking that this is somebody that you look up to. If I tell it, they're not going to believe it. Mm -hmm. They're going to say it's me. Um, but I told it. And I and I, and I advise anybody um, that's being abused um, spiritually, sexually in the, in the ministry, you got to tell somebody. You got to mm -hmm. open up and, and, and tell somebody. Um, that's the only way that you get help. You can't do it by yourself. Um, you need somebody um, that you can talk to and um, let everything out that you've been through. And, I, you know, I thank the Lord that through all that, um, that helped me to be able to talk to a lot of women right now. Today, I've been married, like I said, for 27 years. And um, my marriage is, and I'm not bragging on or nothing. Uh, with my husband, 
is be su successful because of Christ, because of what we went through, because right. of the, we overcame the hurt. Um, he didn't have a father figure in his life. Um, so Jesus taught us how to love, how to love one another, how to be, you know, to, and, and, and I think that I hear a lot of people say, you know, they look up to our marriage because we got married at 21. Mm. Um, so we've been married all half our life. And so being able to talk to people and tell them what we, you know, the different things I, I the, we've been through as far as um, in the ministry. I, I heard the um, the lady of, um, I can't see, I'm on my phone, so I can't really see names. <laughs> I just know Trisha and Miss um, and co-pastor Barnita, but I can't see the other girl name. I, I, I really can't. It's but, teacher. Um, teacher Apostle. Okay. okay. So um, to talk about being transparent, um, I think that a lot of churches now we are being becoming transparent. Back in the day, people couldn't be transparent. You you was afraid to say certain things. You couldn't open up and talk about a lot of things. But now, that's the only way you need to be. You that's the only way you 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 that you're gonna help people is being real. Is mm -hmm. is your situation, your life will help somebody overcome. Um, the Bible said we overcome by our testimony. So mm -hmm. we we now got to be more transparent than ever. You know, mm -hmm. all this back in the day, don't say this, don't speak on this. You got to talk about a lot of things that to help people. You got to open up. Okay, this is what I've been through. This is what, what it's really like. This is what's going on right now. And you realize being transparent and, and uh, uh, about your own self will help a lot of people overcome. Um, being in ministry is um like co-pastor said being taught um being trained um you can't help nobody if you haven't been trained or you haven't been told um mm -hmm. how to succeed or go through certain things and and not only just in the in the book of you know uh, studying on it or whatever the case may be life experiencing and mm -hmm. Talking to people that have been through this is is great training. Is is I think that's good training as well. And the Holy Ghost Himself guiding you, um, and leading you um, through much fasting would help you to know how to deal with people having the spiritual discernment because mm -hmm. you need God. Some things you know God will just show you. Some people mm -hmm. don't talk about different things, and mm -hmm. some people don't say things, but. Um, when you go into the ministry and you, like you said, and you learn these people, these people become like your children. So you begin to learn them. You begin to, to know Johnny from Susie and you begin to know what a mm -hmm. this one off or, or what, you know, this one I'm going through. They can come in and sit and you can about tell what kind of day or what kind of week or what kind of night they had. And, and because it's just like you study your children, you know, your children very well. When your, my daughter gets up or my daughter comes in, I already know from her facial expression or from this spiritual discernment that, you know, whatever the case may be. And so we got to learn these people. When God put these people and place them under us, we have to learn them. We have to let the Holy Ghost guide us. And by and by, you, all, you know these people. They hate to say that you know them. But God knows, mm -hmm. y'all know, co-pastor Barnita, you know these people very well. After a while, mm -hmm. you'll be like, 
I already know this one here. This one a lie. I already know this one right here. <laughs> it's going through. I already know what this one to do. And you learn people just like you learn your children in the ministry. And that's why, you know, being a good shepherd, you kind of already know what to expect if a person what uh, a person will say or if they open up or whatever the case may be. And um, we just got to be ready to be led by God to do what we need to do to help them. Um, I'm not I'm a person that I don't mind calling somebody or asking them, um, you know, about certain things. We don't know it all. I don't care mm-hmm. how long you've been in ministry or whatever. You do not know it all. That's you can right. um, act like you know it all, how the case may be, but none of us have not arrived to know it all. So that's why it's kingdom network. That's why it's, it's, it's good for us to stay together and, and, and um, you know, because we learn from each other. You know, mm-hmm. I might not know some, but I can look at somebody preaching. I'm not afraid to say I can look at um, um, co-pastor Barnita. And and she could teach me something that I had no clue about. And mm-hmm. uh, people, we got to stop being shamed to say, okay, I learned this from this one. That's or right. this is how I, I got this. Because in ministry, you don't come in knowing everything to do. God got to teach you and you learn from, you know, talking to other people or watching other ministry, watching how people handle things. And you grow from watching that life experiences help you to grow how you and then you go and when it's time to counsel somebody else you counsel them from what you know the holy spirit guide you and you and then the rest is everything that you have learned and experiences um and and all that i you know i it's just so many um people are run to all these mega churches and all these mega people when you got great leaders right here in 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 what you call storefront ministries that have been through hell and can help you. They know what it is to come out. They know what it is to be abused. I know what it's been like to be um, my leader to sexually, you know, come at me. I know what it's like for, um, you know, to be, um, I haven't been in domestic abuse, but I have seen enough people to, um, to know that, you know, that's not the right way. And so, and God, the Holy Ghost got us the rest of the way, you know, and, and the time we living in now, we got the, we got to depend on the Holy Spirit more than ever. We got to depend on the Holy Spirit and um, he will guide you. He said he left the confidence and that's what it is. The confidence is here to guide us, to lead us the right way. And um, so, um, Bernita, I remember you, um, you from way back when we were at um, Convergence years ago. And um, I had no idea that you were being abused or being hurt or, you know, whatever the mm-hmm. case may be. But I remember you coming to me hurt. And I told you, 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 you know, you say that you had your husband had y'all had overcame mm-hmm. that uh, and whatever the case may be. But now you were dealing with your new husband. And, baby, I told you, you got to speak that thing into his life. If you want him or, you know, because you at that. You didn't say that this one was abusive, but you said that you wanted this one to be Christ-like. And baby, I said, mm-hmm. baby, start speaking it. Put it on your refrigerator right up there. He is saved. He is a man <laughs> of God. And speak that into his life. And you said that you put it on the refrigerator and you begin to speak that into his mm-hmm. life. And um, and so we got to use what God has gave us. In this time now, we got to use his lips. Because after a while, the Bible's going, all that stuff's going to go to sleep. We got to mm-hmm. use what's on the inside. That's why he said, hide his word 
in our heart that we may not sin against him. So you got to have this stuff on the inside. And so we got to start speaking life um, to dead situations. And, and baby, uh, um, submit and submission don't necessarily mean I got to bow down or, you know, or be um, uh, 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 talked down or, or whatever the case may be. Because, baby, if you led by God, this man, first of all, we got to learn as women of God um, and teach these teenagers and young women. First of all, the Bible said he that finds a wife finds a good thing. And not just all these different people in the church and men, keyboard players and all these different folks coming in the ministry. And we falling head over heels over because they can play the keyboard. They can play the drum. And we just running all looking crazy because they come into church. They the God said, you my wife. See, that's the problem. We listen. Oh, my God. We listening to the enemy. We, I'm telling you now. I'm telling you. All these folks talking about, uh, 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 you know, God sent me this. When God sent me that, it's nowhere in the world, first of all, that God going to send you somebody that's going to abuse you. If you wait for your husband, if you wait for your husband, if you do it according to how God said, you say make your petition known. You got to say to God what you want. What kind of man? God, this is what I'm looking for. I want somebody that look like you. I want somebody that smell like you. I want somebody that talk like you. And then you wait on that. You wait on that. You wait. You wait. It's a high, um, it's so much high divorce in Christianity. Marriages. Mm. I, I just can't believe it. It's just Christians are getting divorced. I mean, you be just got married. You should not be getting divorced. It should not be a high divorce rate in Christian marriages, if you do it according to the way God say do it. And I I mean, somebody can agree with me or not, but if you wait and do it according to God, it shouldn't be a high rate of divorce in Christianity or abuse Mm -hmm. in that. But people use their power. You got so many uh, people in the church that in high places that are using their power to to seduce these women or to get these women to, to be submissive to them and in the wrong way and then hurt them. But And that's where the um, apostle, mm-hmm. not cutting you off, mm-hmm. but that's, you know, we're seeing it and that's where the spiritual abuse is coming in. Right. And, you know, and, and we're trying to figure out. So let me ask um, you ladies this. And um, so say you are... Um, Say I'm new. I'm coming to you. I, I just got me a little boo. But let me go ahead and make this clear. I've been with my boo for 10 years. But um, just say, for instance, whatever. You know, I come to Apostle. I come to um, Co-Pastor. You know, um, oh, we think we want to get married. How do you counsel? Now, mind you, you know, just use my situation. Say I hadn't went through any type of healing. And you know, all of a sudden, little Johnny comes through. He proposed. Right. I'm here on wheels. And you know, um, Pastor Apostle, I need you to, you know, counsel me. Um, because we want to get married. Because that's the right thing to do. First of all, <laughs> knowing the situation that you've been in, I would want to counsel you by yourself first. Right. Right. <laughs> right. I gotta know that for sure that the hurt, the pain, the craziness that you had in the other relationship, that you're not still wearing that on your heart and you're going to bring it to the other, to this relationship. Right. 
the first thing that I would want to deal with is the fact of have you completely healed from that relationship? Because to counsel you guys together and you may not want him to know everything that you've gone through. You may mm -hmm. not be ready to talk about it with him, um, everything that you went through your other marriage, but because I know you, um, the first thing that I would do, okay, first I want to do individual counseling. I got to find out where his head at. Where, well, first of all, where Johnny comes from, let's see now. Y'all ain't been together this long. He talking about marriage. I, I need to see where he at. Um, we, we, we need to see what's going on, what, what kind of background he got, what, 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 what. But for the most part, I would mainly definitely want to know that you're not going to carry that baggage into this marriage. You see what I'm saying? Right. I would have I would want to know that you you've taken the proper measures to be healed from that situation before I counsel you and say that you guys before I counsel you guys together and say, OK, I'm going to marry you. But I know that you're still carrying this because that's going to be on my hands, because if you go into this marriage and you still carrying that and things start to happen, what if your tables turn and you now become the abuser because of what right. you know, because you right. weren't here. But I put you together through and by the power invested in me by the state of North Carolina. And but I didn't find out everything that I needed to know concerning the situation. Um, I just feel that individual counseling first and then couples counseling. Right. Right. Because you need All to bring right. um, just as interrupt on that, you need to bring your best into your into the marriage. Your mm -hmm. your best you into the marriage. And mm -hmm. so, um, you know, not being healed from previous hurt, you're not bringing your best you in the marriage. You're not being honest with the other person. And so you bring all that in and all that doing is bringing is another damaged marriage, another mm -hmm. damage. Um, and you and you can damage another person. He might have came mm -hmm. in, you know, his best, but all your hurt and you you did you you damage him now. So now it's just a damaged marriage. You know, so you have right, to put so into the marriage. Okay, so you gotta let's stay say, honest. Right. Okay, so say we get married. You know, you guys wouldn't marry us. I go on to Vegas and get married. I come back. I was married now. Um, you know, and to be honest, it, it's not lasting. Um, you know, we, we make it through a year because everybody just doubted that it won't go last a year. You know, um, somebody says soul ties. True. All right. So, um, you know, we in the midst of this pandemic, you know, he loses his job. You know, I'm home. You know, we go through domestic violence. You know, we go through all of this. Um, and, um, now we're on the verge of divorce and i come to you you know um and say you know well you know he's in church i'm in church but you know we just think that this is not gonna work we need we need to go through divorce so what do you say to me you want me to talk to you as the co-pastor or as your aunt <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and put on your co-pastor hat now. That's what you want to say for 
Go ahead and be the co-pastor. Okay. First of all, you know, you didn't go through the proper channels anyway, and you chose to do this. And sometimes I believe that we can bring stuff on ourselves um, because we're mm -hmm. out of position with God. And, 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 you know, if God didn't tell you to go ahead and do this and you went on and did it anyway because you didn't want to take time to go through it the proper way and get the proper counseling that you needed and you just jumped up and went on, uh, I, I, I would almost say that you kind of put yourself in a, in, a, in a rock between a rock and a hard place. But because this domestic violence going on, you know, did you know that this did you take time to learn this person before you married him? Did you take time to really find out anything about him before you married him? Or it could be vice versa. You could be the abuser. Did he mm -hmm. take time to find out what, what you come from, where you were in life before you met him? It's always right. two sides to a coin. Um, right. and, and it's not always women who are getting abused. Sometimes it's men who are getting mm -hmm. abused. So it, let's just say in this particular situation, the domestic violence is coming from both ends. Mm -hmm. So you guys didn't take time to find out who each other was. He could have been in an abusive relationship before, and so were you. So now, when 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 the stuff hits the fan, there's no job, there's no money, things looking funny, and now both of you are angry. Right. So you spazzing on each other because you didn't take time to really get to know each other. So you feel like divorce is the best thing to do. Um, why did you get married in the first place? Right. Right. Was there love? Was it sex? Was it money? Right. What was it? Yeah. Right. Because see, you but know, I've been, <laughs> I, I've been on both I've been on both sides. So, mm -hmm. and I had to take seven years in between mm -hmm. before God sent me Megger. I was mentally um, and verbally abused in my first marriage. Oh, but he had money and he had a good job. And I had a nice car and we I, I, I could stay home and I really didn't have to go to work and I traveled all over the world, but he was no good. So right. did I bring that to this marriage or did God right. give me time to get myself together, get my thoughts together, get my trusting back up? It's a lot that goes into when you go into that second realm. But I will tell you guys this and I wanted to say it earlier. When I went to my pastor with the situation that I was going through in my marriage, the craziness that was going on because he was just a cheater. Um, uh, we, we never physically fought, but the verbal and the mental abuse was enough to drive somebody crazy. My pastor mm -hmm. told me, he said, look, let me tell you what the Bible said, because, you know, we grew up in the Holiness Church, no divorce, um, except there be grounds of infidelity. Oh, and I said, well, it was plenty of that. He said, well, you free. And I said, so, but I'm a young woman. What, what's going to happen when I want to be married again? Because I went through the whole scripture, baby. I went through everything. Mm -hmm. Am I going to be able to marry again? Am, am, am I going to be charged with this? No. Mm -hmm. I, I had to find all of that out. Because I was young. And I knew I wanted to get married again because I was not going to fornicate. I wasn't going to be caught in that. Because, oh, hey, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> But, you know, I, I just wanted to make sure because I was in church and so was he, mm -hmm. but it just didn't work. So divorce was the best thing because his words were God couldn't even make him change his mind. 
he did not want to be married to me anymore. So that right there was enough for me. Okay? Right. <laughs> so, so, and I know you had that at the bottom of the flyer. When divorce seems to be, when it seems yeah. like divorce is, is, um, has to, you know, divorce has to come. Yeah. I, I've been there and I've done that. Um, we attempted to work it out, but it did not work. And I didn't want to bring that craziness into my, my relationship that I have with my husband now. And like Pastor Pia said, we have a great relationship. Um, but we don't go through that craziness. And I don't think that when he's gone for long periods of time that he's out dating or he's out with another woman right. and stuff like that. Because, see, in my mind, uh, before we met, that would have been the thing. So you gone. You've been gone a long time. Who were you with? Because that was always the question from the first marriage. I don't even think about no such a thing now. When my husband can stay gone all day long, don't bother me one bit. Right. Because God healed my mind first before he gave me the man. All right now. All right. So, go ahead, Miss um, Tisha. I just said preach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had to get here. First, he had to prepare right. for this man mm-hmm. and did not bring what that man did into this marriage. So, I mean, he'll tell you he can stay gone, we can stay away from each other for a whole week, and I don't have to worry about. I wonder what America doing. I wonder is he doing this? I wonder if he called this lady. No, I don't care, he's not doing nothing, and neither am I. And it's never a, a thought in my mind, right. Mm-hmm. And that's a healthy relationship. Yeah. A and lot also, of people don't have that. That's healthy. Amen. Amen. Go ahead, Trisha. She frozen again. I think her phone, her phone keeps freezing. I just wanted to say, too, I think I'm going to piggyback off of what somebody said. Why are you getting married? That's one of the very, that to me, that's one of the root many issues mm-hmm. why are you getting married um i can speak from experience my first marriage didn't work got married for the wrong reasons i heard it i was in in the meeting at the time was not in the place i was but i was just thing for me and i can be honest with it because it was a mistake. I married him because I, I wanted to be married. It's better to marry than to burn. Y'all know that scripture. Yes. <laughs> that and I can be honest with it. And I saw something I knew that that was not, I know he was not what God had for me. I knew that. And you got when you look at a practical experience, sometimes people get married and neither one of them are saved. Then one person gets saved and another one, it, it, they're not. So not every, not often is everybody in the same place. That's right. So we, you have to look at it in a practical, practical place. Sometimes mm-hmm. you move further along in Christ, and then you're still left back where you met them. So it's all why are you there? You know, counseling is good, but marriage is a covenant. It's a decision to make. Right. You know, and divorce. I didn't want to get a divorce. You know, I try to get counseling. He didn't want to get counseling. But mm-hmm. marriage is a decision. It's a covenant that you make. You take the good, you take the bad. 
you know, what comes with it. But sometimes then the root of the matter, like um, Pastor Barnita was saying, you have to get healed from um, your prior relationship as well before you even think married. But sometimes you will take a lot of baggage from things you have not been healed from, you know, if you decide to remarry, like I did after 10 years and still hadn't been healed from a whole lot of things. So marriage is it's the decision that you make and one person grows beyond another person, you know, that's a big issue. We don't talk about it. Are you, are you both saved? You know, are you even in the Bible? Is this going to be a biblical marriage? You know, right. there's a whole lot of aspects to that. That's right. You know, and divorcing, divorce is an easy way out. I'm not saying that you should stay in an abusive relationship. No, like like um, I think Quatista said, you know, maybe your mama house for a while and he stayed there. You made her, like um, Pastor Benita was saying, count someone individual. Mm -hmm. Is it about person that you you know you see? You know, talk about the characteristics of what love is from a biblical point. You know, mm -hmm. so there's a lot of things, but make sure that you get healed. Don't marry somebody for the wrong reasons because it's not gonna work. It's just not right. gonna work. Get healed, right. heal yourself. And then move on. It took me 10 years. And I think, um, to God be the glory, I think I, I, I got the right one this time. <laughs> you know, so. Hi, everybody so, is in the same place. Yes. So, ladies, I, I want to say a lot. to you. I want to say to you, ladies. There ain't even no Christ in it. <laughs> and people will marry you. You can find somebody that marry you. Marry you. Mm -hmm. People call you up on the phone. Will you marry me? <laughs> you know? So. Look, I, I'm going to say this before we go. My daughter, my oldest daughter, it's funny that you just said that because um, she's been dating a guy and he didn't want to do right um, the first part of the, um, the months that she's been dating him. Now, all of a sudden that she is trying to move forward and do things the right way do christian things and get you know get back where she needs to be he all of a sudden now i, I just want to marry you i want to marry you i want to marry you and i told her i said baby release that keep mm -hmm. seeking god <laughs> release, re release that because uh he just want to marry something that he know now he about to lose mm -hmm. um release that there's nothing there absolutely nothing you see Christ, he don't even have your same goal that you're trying to do, you know, and, and that's very important to have the same, have the same goals. And um, he didn't even have the same goals. Um, and it, it, he didn't even want to go through the process. And it was just a lot of mess. But I should have let her got up here and hear what y'all were talking about. <laughs> that would have helped her. He should have her. And I, I let me say this, Benita, before we before you close out. I'm gonna say it real quick. I like what Pastor Pia said um, when she said you gotta pray and make your supplication known. Tell God what kind of man you want. Um, yes. I know right. you ladies have heard this in I Survive. 
But I, I, and my sister, if she was up, she would tell you, I said, I want a man that save. I want a man that love God. I want a man that love yes. music. I want a man that can sing. I want a man that can love the same things that I do. I got a save husband. He preach. He play music. He sing. Yes. God gave me exactly what I want. Yes. Yes. He gave me exactly <laughs> what I prayed for. And it was so crazy because it's like God really blew my mind on this one. The first mm-hmm. thing I pray for, he would just keep. <laughs> yes, Lord. Well, after my divorce, I said, okay, Lord, you, you know what I want. I'm going to pray for what I don't want, okay? I don't want this. I don't want that. That's what I learned out of my marriage. I got my top five list saved, all these things, no children, whatever. I got all five of those. But in, in addition to getting those five things that I really want that was on my top list and I just knew I wanted and needed, I did not think about the things that I knew I don't want or need. And so when God blesses me with my my forever husband, I said, okay, God, this is what I don't want. <laughs> don't do this. Don't allow that. Yeah, but, forever uh, husband. Yeah. yeah. You got to do a on why did I get married, Bernita. You got to do that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're going to do that one next year. All right, ladies, I want to say to you, ladies, um, on behalf of Breaking the Silence, we thank you so much for taking time out of your night to come forth. You know, um, I'm going to give everybody a chance to, you know, um, highlight, you know, say whatever they want to say. But um, I thank you guys, because as I told you throughout this interview, um, me and my co-host, which is Mr. Um, Hannett, we have had a hard time getting leaders to come forth and speak about abuse. Um, It has been hard. The excuses that have been said, uh, why I can't, it's okay. Um, So I I do, I wanna tell you, thank you guys so much. Um, What I wanna say to any of my viewers that's out viewing um, and who will come later and just listen to this interview, I want you to know that there are leaders that are willing to be educated on domestic violence. They are willing to talk about spiritual abuse. They are willing to talk to you about sexual abuse. You know, as you hear here tonight, these women know that it's more to abuse than just men physically um, hit um, or physically abused. If you ever need to reach out to any of us, you can. I'm here. You can inbox any of us. um, And if it's... If you just need spiritual counseling, I'm sure Apostle um, and co-pastor will be right there. And if there's anything that we need to do. But let me say this to you. No matter whether you are in your home or in his home or in her home, nobody deserves to be abused. Don't allow anybody to use the Bible to control you. The Bible is used and was left as a manual to teach us how to live daily to live Christ-like, to seek a relationship with him. It is not a pick and choose book. It's not that you're gonna pick and choose a scripture to bring, they shouldn't pick and choose a scripture to beat you down. That's not what the word of God is. God is about love, he is about peace, and he is not the author of confusion. So therefore, I will say to you, If you find yourself in a relationship that's just confusing, get out, run, 
forest run. Seek help. If your leaders or your spouse is using the Bible against you, or, you know, I have to say this, I'm strictly Christian. I know people practice other things, but if the if it's being used against you, get out. I want to say to each of you that, you know, I can tell you now, um, if you've been physically abused, physically assaulted, whatever, if you need a domestic violence protection order, it's a piece of paper. But get it. Have your documentation. As leaders, if you guys ever find that one of your members need an order, reach out to me. We will make it happen. And I will be with them every step of the way. It's not just about, I don't know if people caught it. It's not just about my organization. We have I Survive. We have Beauty for Ashes. You know, we have the different churches. It don't matter. It's not about who gets the credit. It's about working together, together. to save a life. So tonight, if we done nothing else. If you if you get something out of getting into a healthy relationship, we've done our job. If you found um, where you need to seek other leadership, um, you know, where the word has been beaten on you and it's not being dwelled in your heart. But I will say to you, study and show thyself approved. OK, you can't just believe what everybody say. Everybody in the pulpit. Everybody in the church is not saved. But you have to study for yourself. You have to do. Um, I was always taught the five W's. Why, when, where, who, and what. Write it down. So when you're studying for yourself, can't nobody just tell you, oh, well, this is what the Bible say. This is my interpretation of the Bible. No, get, get it for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so um, I laugh, I joke, but I'm serious when it comes to it. Domestic violence is not just physical. You know, it's hitting, kidding, kicking, intimidation. If you're going through any of that, develop a safety plan. If you don't know how, reach out. I will help you. If you're going through spiritual abuse, again, if your leaders are just using the word against you, you know, if you... If you're told during this pandemic, oh, if you don't come to church, you ain't saved, baby, find you somewhere else to go, another leader. And I'm just keeping this real hot. This is a hot seat tonight. So I'm going to let the ladies close out in their own saying and, you know, um, uplift you, encourage you. But um, again, I thank you, ladies, so much. So we're going to start with Miss Cretisha, go to Tricia, Apostle, and then Co-Pastor. Okay, I do this two-minute conclusion really quickly. Vernita, thank you so much for this invitation. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Apostle, thank you so much for your transparency and for your testimony. I know that's going to bless and hurt and help someone. Uh, Pastor Bynum, I shared a pulpit with you. You were awesome then, even more awesome now. Thank you for all that word you had today. Trisha, I've been to Philippi. I've seen you. I've seen your power. I've seen your anointing. It has been my pleasure to serve alongside you, ladies. 
I want to just leave a message specifically for married women who find themselves in domestic um, abuse situations. Ephesians 5, 28 uh, commands husbands. It says, so husbands ought to love their own wives as they do their, their bodies. So when you're reading that whole scripture about submission, the, 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 Instructions for a husband is to love their wives as they do their own body. Now, if we saw a man in a corner beating himself up, we sending him to the crazy house immediately, right? We're packing him up, we're patting him down. He's beating himself because he's supposed to love you like he loves his body. So it, it, first things first, and I think Pastor Bonham um, talked about this and I'm almost done. She talked about loving yourself fully first. You have to love yourself fully. He has to love himself fully. And both of you come in as one. So if you are in that situation, do not let Ephesians 5 about submission um, make you believe that you have to stay in that situation and continue to be abused and hurt physically. Again, this message is specifically, and the Lord is leading me, for married women in abusive situations. And, and, and specifically, he's showing me physically physical abusive situation if that is you right now i see you You have on a red shirt you have on blue jeans you have on black shoes if that is you uh th this message is for you you need to seek out help you need to either inbox vernita uh inbox apostle me i'll get you the resources pastor bynum or uh, trisha right now you need to get out of that situation god loves you and God is not charging you to stay. Amen. 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 Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you. Bernita, thank you for this opportunity. Anytime that I can be a help to your ministry, everything that you're doing, my hat goes off to you. You do a lot. You wear many hats. God bless you, ladies. Um, I just want to leave in. Um, Cortisa, thank you. You kind of said exactly what I had wanted to say in my conclusion. Um, I did some study on Ephesians 5 and 21, and I went through it and learned the word for yourself. You know, we have leaders that'll take one line of scripture, and there's so much before in the word of God yourself. No. Nobody can't tell you any BS. I'm just going to be real. And I just want to leave this out here to, especially to women who have been married and they find themselves divorced. Be patient. You know, Bertisa, um, she said that she know what she has asked God for. But while you're asking God for what you want, work on you. You know, whether it takes seven years, 10 years, you have petitioned to God for what kind of man that you want. But look at yourself, get yourself healed. So while you're waiting for that man of God, when you get that man of God, you'll know how to treat that man of God. God bless you. I love you all. Amen. 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 Um, again, I thank God. I know I came in a little in the between the middle, but I heard some great um, advice and great um these great women speaking um thank you again Barnita, for um let me be a part of your broadcast um all of you are great women of god beautiful ashes um co-pastor Barnita and cortisa um all of you got powerful women of god um and it's good to come together from different places and different ministries to hear 
um, great advice and great things that are going on and, and how you handle things. Um, I, I, uh, I haven't been in a domestic of, of violence marriage, but I can advise somebody on today to be encouraged. If the man don't look like God, if he don't smell like God, baby, you might need to look the other way. Um, you, you, <laughs> I'm telling you, do not be fooled by all these people and all these devils that are saying that they are, you know, God told them that you were my wife, people mm. of God, you know, women of God, men of, and men of God, be wise, um, use uh, your spiritual discernment, let the Holy Spirit guide you. Um, when you are trying to find your mate, um, remember the scripture that then it says he that finds a wife, find a good thing. Um, also, uh, remember, I just got a few little tips of, of counseling for some of the women that um, in their marriage um, have the same goals, be um, committed and dedicated. Um, there's always room for improvement. Work on you first before you try to work on somebody else. Um, remember that marriage is a process. Um, keep that in mind. Stay honest in your marriage. Stay honest with yourself, with your mate, and bring yes, your yes. best in your marriage. Um, and remember the why I conclude. Keep God first oh, yes. in everything that you do. Keep God yes. first. Keep God first and allow him always to come in always i don't care what the situation is allow god to come in your heart heal you um love you love your mate and um be encouraged everyone um if you i'm here if anybody ever want to talk i can tell you how to have a successful marriage of 27 years if you need to talk i can sure encourage you on that i can tell you that don't let your leader um sexually use sexual abuse to advance you in the kingdom of God because God will um, advance you. You don't need That's him right. to try to advance you through sex. Tell that devil he's a liar. Uh, if someone is going through that right now and their leader is uh, trying to use sexual tactics to advance them in the kingdom, I tell you right now, you need to leave right now. Bind that spirit up right now in the name of Jesus. Plead the blood over them and get out that church, get out that <laughs> wherever that ministry is because God does the advancement, not that man. And you don't have to use your body right. to advance in the kingdom. God bless you all. I love you all. From New Birth Life Ministry, Pastor Peel Jones. Amen. Stay transparent. Tell the truth. I don't care if it hurt. Tell the truth. That's Amen. right. Amen. 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 Thanks again, um, Vernita, for allowing me to be on with such an awesome panel on tonight. You had a powerhouse on tonight. I thank all you ladies um, for the information that you gave out. And I just believe that in this season, this is what it's going to take to break the silence. Um, because there are people inside of the church and outside of the church who are living in abusive relationships. But because the church never preaches about it, we never really talk about it. They keep it silent to themselves. They keep it to themselves. So I just thank God for you having the vision to bring this to the opening on Facebook Live. Um, you know, as you said, I do I survive, and there's a lot of women that come in who are broken, who are hurt, um, and 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 we try to help them in as many ways as we can. Um, but I think that this is a great opportunity for everyone to be able to see the transparency in leaders. 
um, and women who have been married and then divorced and married again. Um, that was going to be the title of one of my books that I was uh, going to write, Marriage, Single, Divorced, and Married Again. Single, Divorced, and Married Again. Because mm-hmm. sometimes people don't understand that the second time around is really the best time. Mm-hmm. Um, when you set yourself up for failure the first time because you didn't seek God for that marriage that you wanted. You chose the one that you wanted for yourself. I didn't wait for God to show me and lead me, uh, be seen by the man that he chose for me. I chose one for myself and got myself kind of stuck between the rock and a hard place. Um, so when I speak, I don't only just speak from, you know, I'm not talking out the side of my neck. I speak from experience. Um, and, and, and I encourage any leader, um, if you don't know how to deal with stuff, please get somebody in your corner that you can call on. I might can't do the things that you can do, but I can do what I do. And by the time we get with Minister Skinner and we get with Elder Redmond and we get with Apostle Pia, we'll be able to pull some people out of some things because we draw strength one from another. And that's what it's all about. And in this season, it's not the time to be isolated. It is not the time for us to be alone. It is the time for us to pull together and help not only just the women, but the men as well. Because Mm -hmm. there's some men out here that really go through. They go through abusive relationships. But, you know, we see it more so in women because men are men and they don't want to show it. But there are some men that go through abusive relationships and we're just here to help on both sides of it. Amen. 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 All right, guys. So stay tuned. Um, December is going to be a firehouse. So just to give um, give my viewers just a little bit. So December, we're, we will be having roundtables December the 5th, December the 8th, 15th, 22nd, and the 29th. The 22nd and the 29th is on um, the 22nd we will have our male leaders the leaders all talking about domestic violence um on the 29th i will have um it's called help a brother out where i have men that are actually going to talk about abuse um i have one who was an abuser until you know he seeked help and so now he's advocating so um we will be telling our stories on that the fifth and the eighth i have women that's coming um we're going to talk about sexual assault um we're going to talk about um our life and stories so if you never heard my story how i overcame that will definitely be on the eighth i mean we have women who have actually been through a lot and so it will be a two-hour series where we talk about everything that we've been through and you know um your testimonies are your delight so you need to tell your testimonies how you overcame and um how going from brokenness to wholeness you know um getting counseling therapy we're going to talk about all of that so stay tuned next month we got a lot coming but um guys thank you guys so much and you all be blessed thank you guys you're welcome. Bye. Bye. Bye.